they're free to take. Okay. Right, it's Wednesday. I think it's the 9th of April. And um, we're going on with the Beatitudes. And we're on week 13 of a king and his kingdom. And when I was seeking the Lord last night about this, what he wanted to say, he said to me, um, tell him about the new song. And I thought, um, uh, yes. <laughs> Lord, what is the new song? I mean, there's so much that he's saying to me at the moment. I was unclear about what the new song was. Except that I know we've moved into a new era in God and I'll, there's been a paradigm shift and I keep saying it till you're sick of it um, because I believe that it's about kingdom and it's about his lordship that his kingdom comes through us so I want to talk to you just a little bit about the new song which he's giving me and when he gives a new song you protect it because a new song always goes before us into battle which is ahead the singers always went before the Israelites into battle and so he gives you a new song and this new song is about the king and the kingdom and it's about a reformation that is coming in the church and that reformation is from self-referential love to agape in order that his kingdom might come through us so the new song is about the king and his kingdom and the kingdom he says is about me this era is about him not us for however long the renewal movement has been going it has been all about the father's heart and how it affects us this does not set aside that teaching but when God moves into something new if you want to be in the new you've got to leave that behind and and being secure in who he is you move into the new that will still run just like we've still got Pentecostal churches, Methodist churches, Anglican churches, all the movements, that, as I said on Saturday, have failed to bear fruit. They will still be continuing doing their own thing because they never saw the purpose of the movement was to bring them into fruit for the kingdom. I'd be very daring and say I think this is the last move before Jesus comes. How long it will last I don't know. But the king is all here. The awareness of the king being among us is huge. Sue the other day, while she was sitting there, didn't interrupt me, bless her, but she saw the train of his robe sweep past her while she was sitting there. And I happened to mention it on Saturday and she clicked into the fact that she'd seen it. And she said the material was indescribable because she's a seamstress, so she's interested in material. And this swept path. I am so aware of the presence of the king. So the new song is about the king and his kingdom, and he says it's about me, not us. We are his beloved. Nothing is going to change that, but he is mo he's moved, and we need, if, we, if we're going to be this side of the chasm that will form we need to move with what he's doing because there's going to be an opening up like that so you get to decide whether you're going to stay in the old or quickly take a leap and go with the new no matter what that means 
So the current dust storm that some of us are experiencing is to deal with what I would call me-itis. <laughs> it's all about me and all this is for me, isn't it? That's how the song goes, isn't it? No, it isn't. It actually says, it's all about you, Jesus, and all this is for you and your glory and your fame. It's not about me, as if you should do things my way. But so often, because of the renewal movement, we've become accustomed to him doing things our way, so don't we pout when he actually says, it's my turn now. And in fact, there is a, there is a prophecy of Graham's that he says, the kingdom is about me. It's my turn. I want my turn. I want my enjoyment too, he says. It's as though, look guys, stop indulging yourselves. This kingdom is mine. Become kingdom people. Uh, and the things that are happening to people, we were warned about it in the Dust Bowl prophecy, are actually the Lord stirring things up in our life. If you remember the Dust Bowl prophecy, it said the horses were not stirring up the dust. And the dust is us. It's God that's stirring us up. And there are situations and circumstances in people's lives that unless they know what the Lord is doing, they cannot make sense of. And the pressure is hard, and it's on, and it's pushing everything in us that is not of Jesus. And it, we will stay in that pressure cooker until we get the light bulb go on. Ah, hold on, you're saying something. Phone call, the phone calls we have, people absolutely in tears because this is happening and that's happening and suddenly there's been a this and I'm in that again and you're trying to make sense of it for them. Look, you need to get above this and see what God is doing. It's not about what's going on on the ground. Someone rang this morning. Uh, well, it was Jane. She's fallen down the stairs in her boots, up the stairs in her boots, hurt her knees in her back. Been to the osteopath, no good. Going on holiday next week, wants back put right, please pray. And Joyce rightly said, no. <laughs> I can't. What's God saying? Oh, well, I can't. he hasn't said anything. I think I've got to get fit. No, sweetheart. It's not about you getting fit so that you can enjoy your life and keep going the same way as you're going. A husband hurt his back a few weeks ago. I wanted to make sense of that for him, but he wouldn't come near nor by. Now he's dropped a computer on his foot. So between them, they're stopped. But they won't ask why. What they want is a healing. And God's saying, no lovely, I'm trying to get your attention through these circumstances because you and I can make some headway, we can make some growth together. If you can see everything is coming from my hand for a purpose, so okay. Why am I allowing this? I said to Mick, we need to ask in these days what to pray. Yeah. Someone the other day, oh, I'm desperate again, I'm desperate again. Will you pray for me? I said, no. What? Suddenly they're strong, you know. What? <laughs> what do you mean won't pray? I said, I've just told you. The Lord has just said to me, I'm off personal ministry. I can't pray for you. Well, just will you would just... Uh, you know, pray for this, well, I'm, I'm in a terrible state. But you're always in a terrible state when you come on the phone. So that went down like a double rat sandwich as 
uh, Graham Cook would say, and a lot of things I'm having to say are going down like a double rat sandwich. But in amongst all this, I can see Jesus with a great big cheesy grin, and for me, it's got to happen. I've got to disengage from what I've done for the last 15 to 20 years to go into the new that he's calling me into. Because what is actually going to happen is, I believe, he's going to release an anointing in company, in groups. So that I say to them, come to the conference, God will touch you. Mm. Do they come? I can guarantee whether it's about, whether it is about what your problem is or not, if you sit there under the word, the word will do its work. Don't want that, want a quick way. I'm sorry, see you next time round then really, bless you. I love them, but there's nothing I can do about it because it's. I want instant coffee. Put it in, turn it round, and can I have it, please? Fast food, isn't it? Yeah, fast food. And God say no. I'm still going my camel, not concord. So you've got to learn my ways now. It's all about me. I want to enjoy the journey. As someone here last night had a vision years ago, not seeing it come to pass. Got eyes on on vision not on the journey you can get so taken up with where you think God's going to take you that you forget to enjoy the in-between you know mm. and I said being ever popular well maybe he gave you that so that you could draw a circle around yourself and say make me like that Lord because you'd had this vision of, of how church should be that the love of God would be pouring out of each person and we'd all be flowing together and I thought, yeah, lovely, but it ain't going to happen in this life, darling. So she's gone round looking, and that's not right. You're not right. That's not right. That's not right. So I thought, well, eventually then, you must come to the conclusion, maybe that vision didn't mean what I thought it meant. Maybe it means something different. Now, for me, when I, it was shown, told to me last night, which is the first time it's been shared, over about 12 years would not be an exaggeration I thought until the word of the Lord came the word of the Lord tested him God was waiting for you to say I want to be one of those people Lord I want to be broken bread and poured out wine for the rest of the body so do with me as you will put me at whatever you want so that your life can flow through me because that's what they were talking about. Of course, that has never occurred. What's actually happened is, no, you haven't got it here, so I'm not. I can't fellowship here. This isn't right. I'll go to another church. No, they haven't got it there. <laughs> God will let us go through this for as long as we like. Till he, I said, I think. Didn't say it to the, the person. I said it to Joyce. I think it's the moat and the beam. Trying to get the speck out of somebody else's eye while there's a plank in your own. God is always wanting to deal with me. He's not actually trying to deal with Carol or Mick or Joyce or Trish. It's me he's dealing with. Whenever he says anything, it's me, it's not the other guy. So, fundamental lesson, lesson number one, that. Anyway. So we've become accustomed to him doing our th things our way and we don't like it. So the new song he's given me is about the king and the kingdom and I expect it will be about as popular as a rat sandwich. 
about the supremacy and majesty of the King that we serve, the Eternal One, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. As Graham Cook says, you can't talk about him except in superlatives. And the other thing is, I believe, he's preparing a priestly bride who will minister to him. Relationship vertical before it's horizontal, and out of that will come ministry to others. So as I said, in a minute I'm going to give you these scriptures which I'll ask you to read and allow him to convict you, and he may convict you of something, of what he's saying to you right now. And so write down what he's saying and then we'll come back together. But if you don't want to share, that's fine. But if you have things that arise that require prayer, then let's know and I'll split you into pairs to pray for each other. So what we're going to do is to let the king be himself amongst us this morning, no matter what that will look like. There's just one thing I want to say, that some unbelief is because when God asks something of us, it feels as though he's wanting to steal something from us. Because all human love is self-referential. What's it going to cost me? What does this mean to me? How much is this going to hurt me? So I'm asking you this morning, what is your agenda with God? What are you trying to get out of him? And before you protest that you aren't going to try to get anything out of him, ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of your agenda in your current circumstances. One of the Eros giants is having a hidden agenda. So I thought we'd look at that one first. This lady last night, you see, I said to Joyce, she's got a hidden agenda. That's what she's got. I want it like this. And I'm looking for it. Hidden agenda. Everywhere I go, I'm looking to see if this is what I'm looking for. Who's central? So one of the Eros giants is having a hidden agenda. And the new song, I believe, is about the agape love of God being manifested in us and through us because he cannot do through you what he's not been able to do in you. Mm. First on you must that hand be turned. And so always when we begin to really go deeply with God, the word begins to cut and we cannot avoid applying it. Or we can, we can run away and think I've got away with that one. And then you do a circuit and come back to the, exactly the same place. Mm -hmm. The Israelites left from Kadesh Barnea and 40 years later that's where they turned up. Round and round. So he brings us the easiest way we will come. We actually govern the speed at which we move in kingdom terms. And if your will is not engaged and taking control of your emotions, your emotions will rule the show and you will go round and round and round. There has to come a time when you say, no, we're doing it like this. Joyce and I had our particular dust storm early at late part of last year, early this year, when you know she had the lump in her breast and we had to go through that. And one night I got up in the night to spend a penny and I glanced towards the window and I saw those double doors there with a huge black personage and his boots pushing through underneath the door like two toe caps. So I did what every good Christian would say, do, do. I said, buzz off. Went spent me penny, went back to bed. 
next day I said to Joyce I think I better pray about that and we both got the same word spectre what that was was a spectre of fear trying to invade this place but I had determined in my heart that I was going to push fear away because fear and faith are incompatible did you know that? You can't walk in faith and in fear at the same time because the fear will overtake you, overwhelm you and paralyse you. So I had to kick, and it's in the night watches, isn't it, when it comes to you. Suddenly you're gripped with this thing. And I just had to say, I am not having it. And I kept, with my will, pushing that away. I am not going there. I'm not imagining what could happen. I am not going there. I'm standing on what I believe God has given me to pray and to say. And that is that. Don't ever think that there's going to be no battles. Because every one of us is in the army, whether we like it or not. Some of us are foot soldiers. Some of us are uh, cut out for generals. But if you're a general, you're going to be winning some battles on the way, I'll tell you. Because you have got to win the battle of the flesh first before God will let you loose anywhere near where the enemy is. Because if you can't rule your own spirit, you can't. You certainly are not got your sword the right way up for fighting the enemy. I don't like it. I have to say, I would like a quiet life. Roses round the door. Someone had a picture for me. It was, oh, I see you on 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 a, a, a hilltop overlooking the sea and there's a little cottage behind you and you're painting I thought I wish <laughs> <laughs> I don't somehow think that came from the Lord and I didn't wish either I'd rather have it the way it is because once you get the way you're going and you make your choices you're actually wetting your sword for the battle I haven't got where Graham is yet. You should have heard what he said before. He did his way at the warrior conference. I thought, oh, talk about you uncircumcised Philistine. I mean, he was really. But he's in that place. Uh, I'm hoping to get there. Ooh, I think. <laughs> but I am not going to go out with a whimper, I tell you. If I'm going, I'm going out with a bang. And uh, I, I, I have had prophecies over me that I am raising up warrior women, so watch out, girls, because <laughs> I cannot spare you what God wants to do. You do what you like with it, but this is what he wants to do. He's training us up for something, because the mother and father of all battles is going to start before long, and we need to know which end is up with regard to our sword, if you see what I mean. So it's tally-ho. So we can't avoid it. When the Word of God starts to cut, we can't avoid applying it to our lives, or we can. We go one of two ways. We bite the bullet or we drop out. Jesus' words were hard. Make no mistake about it. They cut to the quick if we really hear what he's saying. And Paul repeats it through and through. Don't be like this, be like that put off that behaviour, put on this. Time and again he goes through it. Don't do that, do this. Put off the old man, put on the new man. And it's encapsulated in the teaching on Eros versus Agape. If you look at it, you can see all the things he talks about are self-referential. 
envy, malice, jealousy, anger, you know, all the things are saying what I want. Don't ever say someone makes you angry because nobody actually makes you angry. You make you angry. You choose whether you get angry or not. Once you start making those choices about whether you will be angry or not in a given situation, peace will begin to rule. Is it worth losing it for? Nah. Not but, for... Wasn't Jesus angry in the temple? Yeah. But don't raise that one. Okay. Because everybody raises that one. Righteous right. anger, they say. Righteous anger. Yeah. Um, because if he had been angry, angry, he would have sinned and he never sinned. Mm. Right. Yeah. Sorry to say, don't raise that one. What I mean is everybody always says, well, Jesus was angry, so therefore, and this is righteous anger, because after all, look at the way you fill it in. I'm being treated. He said, you have made my father's house a den of thieves. What was going on there was that they, the money changers and the people who sold the birds and the animals for sacrifice were hiking up the prices for the poor people who had to come in and so he made a whip <laughs> he drove them out righteous you have made my father's house a den of thieves sorry Mick um, didn't mean to be to be sharp no, but, but I've, I've heard people say that so often yeah. you know, oh well Jesus was saying oh. <laughs> Paul says in your anger do not sin <laughs> so if you're going to be angry don't sin <laughs> so when I was praying this morning I felt that the Lord said to me read Matthew 5 then Galatians 5 to 6 1 and then Philippians 2 so I dutifully skidded through those that's why I was so late doing anything but I didn't read them right through but I got the drift of what he was saying so by the time I'd finished I could see what he was saying love is not lip service if we love him we will keep his commandments we will allow ourselves to be changed from one degree of glory to another we will be flexible and allow his Holy Spirit to live in and through us in order that his kingdom may be displayed on the earth are you glad you came this morning <laughs> <laughs> straight into the probably the meatiest thing I've done yet <laughs> is it not the case though that self love is uppermost in our lives rather than love for the king we really have got to face ourselves like we are if you know what I mean I don't wish to be controversial but I'm going to be because I've begun to introduce you to the difference between eros which is self-referential and the agape love of God and we are meant to make the transition from eros to agape that's the top and bottom of the Christian walk when we come in we are meant to make that transition as I think I said on Saturday because it isn't in the church we come in and go on in the same love as we had outside so there are fightings and quarrels and egos and arguments and wrong leadership because it's all the old nature operating very very few people I would say have allowed the cross to do its work and to come through to the place where they are literally our servants literally are speaking what God says and do not have a hidden agenda this is my church I'm gonna build it up to a thousand people I'm gonna have this I'm going to have that. 
it replicates the five I wills. I will exalt myself above the Most High. I will do this. I, where is it coming from? Leave you to figure it out. So, as I said, we we were talking last night uh, about with this person um, uh, who had this vision of a church being a place where everything flowed together, and it's not going to happen unless the cross is applied to our lives. And we were brought into it with Joyce and I um, about oh so much you know about the cross and, and all that and it was desolate because they never spoke about resurrection. They never spoke about the fact that there is a place beyond applying the cross and coming into resurrection life. So you're constantly trying to nail yourself over one thing or the other. You know. I said, have you ever tried doing it? Nail one hand up there, get them feet down. Oh. You know, the Holy Spirit will nail us. The problem is that we won't allow him to. And we're like a bar of soap, you know. As soon as it comes, we slide out of his fingers. Someone said to me once, oh, I read, I was looking in James and oh, I got so convicted I closed the book. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the idea, dear. Resurrection life is our portion. Resurrection life is what Jesus came to give us in this life. Dominion. Coming through into everything he won for us. There is a place where your flesh won't growl and roar at you every time something happens that it doesn't like. It's peaceful. I can remember dancing a fandango on my own coffin. Shut up, you. Stay there, stay down. Shut up, you're dead. I can remember doing it. You know, the joke is, isn't it? The trouble is with the living sacrifice, it always was to crawl off the altar. <laughs> but it does. We do. Am I been on here long enough now, Lord? Can I get off? That's why it says, present yourselves a living sacrifice. It means every day, same thing. Up you go, get on the altar, let him burn a bit more off. What was it? Burnt flesh. Put it on the altar and watch it burn. Let the Lord smell that sweet sacrifice. That's a burnt flesh. That was <laughs> Crosby and, <laughs> Crosby and uh, Ken Norberg. <laughs> At Follies. <laughs> a burnt flesh. And he spelt it P-H-L-E-S-C-H, a bird flesh. <laughs> so, living sacrifices. Uh, see, what's happening is, uh, and as I said before, as I pondered this person's vision, I felt he was saying that that was the perfect church where everyone was willing to lay down their lives for the other and that in every generation there are those who make the conscious choices to go the whole way with God to become disciples, not believers or followers but to lay their lives down for the sake of the gospel it's unlikely in this country we'll ever actually be martyred for our faith but have you ever considered what your response might be if someone broke into a church one Sunday morning and said denounce Christ or you're gonna right early on in my Christian walk I was following some teaching that turned out to be false but he calls us 
to think about our reaction to that petrified the life out of me absolutely did I really I, I thought my word is my flesh alive or is it I mean self-preservation is an instinct that we have so I, I remember addressing this question before the Lord and really examining whether I was prepared uh, to lay my life down for the kingdom and I believe in these days the word really has to become flesh on us or we will never see his kingdom come in the way we all desperately want to see it it says in Daniel I've got the scripture reference here now Daniel 11 verse 32b that those who know their God will be strong and do exploits and this will never happen without us making that transition uh, from self-referential love to the agape self-giving love of God and he will do it if you're determined the Holy Spirit will take you at your word and as a, 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 a lot of trouble we've seen pop up since people I believe probably on Saturday prayed the Lordship prayer uh, I gave them another one that was in alignment with, with to bring themselves into alignment with God and Lord change my love prayer and within hours almost we got a phone call up past seven on Sunday morning that's when we got it from someone who just couldn't been awake all night tormented she just she'd blown her stack with her husband and told him everything that she thought he needed to know and I said to her have you ever thought of just sitting down and uh, writing down the things you do love about him instead of everything that he can't be for you have you ever thought of doing that because while you're trying to get out of him that which he patently can't give and is not meant to give all you're doing is closing up the fountain because he, he's, he will withdraw because it's so accusatory you're not this for me, you're not that for me, you can't do this, you can't do that it's so accusatory that it, it, it's, like, it's like shutting his fountain down so she said I know you're right and I felt that I was not to speak to her again but Joyce spoke to her and it was so funny I had a dream recently I'm going under the, and in this dream Joyce and I had driven up outside this house and I went to the doorway and it was like a, a council house really because it was all cement cement and the door recessed and, and a sloping path here up to the thing with mud on it where the kids had been in they'd been scraping their feet at the mud you know you see this in the dream so the door, I knocked on the door, door opened, the kids were there, they were about 13, 14, and I, who do you want, I want, can I speak to your mum, what's her name, I said I don't know her name, but I need to, need to talk to your mum, you do know her name, you do know, and in the background I could see her, anyway this went on for a minute or two, and then suddenly she pushed past the children and said I don't want to speak to you, I want to speak to her, and that was Joyce, <laughs> the phone rang, <laughs> and this lady said, uh, can I speak to Joyce please? <laughs> Yes! <laughs> so she pushed past me and spoke to Joyce, and I was greatly relieved because I'll be too strong for some for, for a lot of people. Anyway, here we go then. Oh, I've got enough of these. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six.
those of you listening on the CD, this is in the Amplified. You need to look up Matthew 5 and you need to look up um, Galatians 5 right the way through to verse 1 of chapter 6. And finally you need to read chapter 2 of Philippians down to verse 16. So those are the three things you need to be doing. Okay. Right. So it's one of each girls all the way round and boys. One of Matthew, one of Galatians, and then go where you like and see. stop, as I say, when God speaks to you about it. Be blessed if he doesn't speak to you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, just want to correct scripture reference. I said that until the word of the Lord came, the word of the Lord tried him or tested him. Is Psalm 105.19, not Psalm 107. Am I right sitting here? Yeah, lovely to pick up, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right, so we're getting feedback now from what happened when people went off and read the scriptures and this is what the Lord spoke to Gina. Right, it was in uh, Matthew 5. Um, I was particularly struck by the repetition over and over again, um, regardless of their outward conditions. This is particularly pertinent for me right now as my outward conditions have taken me so, so far out of my comfort zones that I have on many occasions wondered if I'll survive and make it to the end. But the Holy Spirit is showing me that the focus is always on Jesus. And as we stop focusing on the circumstances, but focus on him and his goodness and not lament over the wise, we will be blessed with all God has for us. That's not saying he doesn't give a second thought to our suffering, but that he is with us in our suffering. <coughs> and he will take us through it and the reason he allows certain circumstances is ultimately for our good whether it feels like it or not the circumstances have occurred because we are in bondage to fears or were in bondage to fears and insecurities and Jesus doesn't want us in bondage because he came to set the captives free I feel Holy Spirit really impressing on me that like when you have some tests carried out where something has to be inserted in you or something like a lumbar puncture the more you relax and go with it, the less the pain. In the same way as you go through whatever, if you relax and have the faith that the Father will see you through, no matter how painful, the reward at the end is huge freedom and becoming the person God always intended you to be. You become secure being you because you are secure in the Father and the foundation is rock solid because he is the rock. As I was reading the Galatians uh, chapter, um, I had this vision of a bride um, in, in a beautiful silk bridal gown, um, but the gown still had the, the tag on it that uh, gets taken off when you pay. So it was like, you're still in the shop, um, I'm still in the shop, I have to have the tag taken off, I have to pay the price so that I can walk out of the shop and uh, be fully committed with Jesus. And, yeah, the tag represented the price you needed to pay. 
No, the tag represented the bondage. Oh, the, the, the tag represented the bondage. Yeah, you're still in bondage to the shop uh, or whatever you're in bondage to. It's it's um, for me. It was to other people um, telling me what I can and can't do. So, but for everybody, it's different. Yeah. You had another bit as well because you spoke another bit after you spoke the first bit. Hi, that was Carol. This is now Gina, and it's a bit more of uh, the revelations that we got when uh, we read the scriptures through earlier on. Um, in Galatians, for me, the strong message is walking in the Spirit, and that what you put out is what will taint you and those around you. So, are you emanating the Spirit of God, or are you emanating envy, jealousy, strife, etc.? What is affecting you, and what are you putting into the atmosphere? So that was in Galatians, and then Philippians 2, I'll just read it as I've written it. It has really struck me with awe and you, reading how Jesus stripped himself of everything for me and us, that even though he is God, he humbled himself and became human, and went through all we go through in order to show us how much he loves us. Um, when I see it like this, I am awestruck, as I was a long time ago, that he would come as a baby and be as vulnerable as that, in order that he could show us he understands all we go through. It makes me realise that if Jesus could stand and be falsely accused and say nothing, if Jesus could hang on a cross in excruciating agony and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, I can stand in the face of adversity with Jesus by my side and forgive those who despitefully use and accuse me. But the amazing fact about Father is that he so totally understands us that he is patient, loving and kind as we go through the process to get there. Jesus knows us so well that he gives us the time and space as we work through the anger, pain and hurt and finally get to the place where we can truly say, it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. He is so amazing that as this transition happens, you truly can stand, no matter what comes at you, because he absorbs the pain and hurt so it doesn't annihilate you, and you can finally walk in forgiveness and in agape love. Grace has got a prophetic word that I've asked her to read, so this is Grace now. Okay. Um, this, I, I have a sense, is all to do with the Lord's <coughs> vineyard. After communion with me, we were just having a, a time of fellowship together, myself with the Lord. He took me for a walk, showing me his vineyard, his beloved vineyard. He showed me the cluster of baby grapes, how healthy and fresh they were looking, how content they were. Then we walked further afield. He showed me grapes that were more advanced in growth and development, looking unkept, not enough sun and rain, and not enough tender loving care. <coughs> he pointed out grapes that should have been ready for the wine press, but was discolored, lacking in shade and texture and vibrant. They were limp looking. The Lord said to me, these grapes were not being stimulated, they were still being fed baby food. He said there was a lack of balance in their development, 
not enough key workers to meet their needs and um, he also said there's a change coming as we walk along I could feel his sadness as we were walking among the cluster I was amazed at the care the Lord took as we went along through the vineyard not even one of the cluster of grapes got trodden on or crushed something also something else also amazed me I was acutely aware of the way the baby cluster of grapes was aware of the Lord's present they were bursting with joy as he walked along among them but the older cluster their senses seems to be duller it took them longer to recognize the Lord's present among them and their reaction was slower and sluggish to be continued to be continued I'm sure because um, I feel there's more to say brilliant thank you dear mm.